we're thankful we could be together as a group, which has been a pleasure these many years to serve the Lord here in the Perimeter Road Baptist Church. Originally, it was just an idea that God gave to many of us. And we were members, most of us, at First Baptist Church. And uh, uh, on a Sunday morning, on May the 18th, 1986, if my figures are correct, uh, the pastor made an announcement at the end of the service. Jim Pitt was a pastor at First Baptist at that time, which is where we were. And he said, all those who might, just out of the blue, he said, all those who would be in favor of starting a mission somewhere, perhaps in the northern part of the city, we'd like to know where you stand. Well, everybody stood on July the 20th, 1986, uh, after we discussed it late in these meetings, uh, we voted uh, to call our first pastor. Now, remember, we were still a mission. We were not officially a, a church. But his name was Craig Bailey, young man, and he lived just this side of Atlanta. What was the name of the town? Conyers. Thank you, folks. Uh, that's where he was from, and we called he and his wife and two little girls, and they, they came. Then, then on October the 12th, you'll have to excuse my memory, I'll have to read it, of 1986, the first service was held in W.G. Nunn School, which we'd been able to rent from the school board. The exciting day to me, I guess, was the first opening Sunday at W.G. Nunn School. Mm -hmm. uh, when we all met down at the school and it was the anticipation of what God was going to do. Uh, we knew about 15 of us were going to be there, but we had no idea anything beyond that. And to show up with 57 in Sunday school that morning and 87 in worship service that first Sunday, it was just unbelievable. Uh, it made all the the toting of chairs and tables and you know the excitement you didn't even realize you were tired because you were just watching what God was doing. But Harry tell, tell about our setting up our Sunday school class. Well I was just thinking about that while ago when Irvin was talking about that first Sunday how we we knew that there was going to be a dozen or so people there. We went in there and they had all these folded tables because we were meeting in the cafetorium and uh, all these folding tables and we used those as petitions for Sunday school classes but we had to sweep and mop and you know how a lunchroom smells? <laughs> it smelled just like a lunchroom and it wasn't pleasant but anyway we would go in there and we would set up all of our Sunday school places, put our chairs out, we had folding chairs, break them out and, uh, and put them out for our worship service. I tell you what, it, it was uh... It was a challenge for me to take part in this because, well, I've been in, in First Baptist Church, my home church. I had been there over 60 years, but it was a challenge for me to, to take part in this. And my, to be honest, my intentions were to to probably come out and get help get started for about two years and then go back home. Well, that was 20 years ago, and I'm still here. When the two of us came, Harry was working on the committee to look for land, and he was more excited, I guess, at the time than I was about coming. And when we came, we came to work with the youth, and, you know, God always knows better than we do. And, we thought that's going to be the hardest group to meet or to reach at our mission church because the kids aren't going to want to leave their own church. So we came as Sunday school directors working with uh, Carol and Les Lindsay as teaching in there. And the first Sunday, meeting in the hallway, we had like 10 in the youth department. Um, I'm like Frank, I didn't sign the commitment card how long to stay because I always thought I'd go back to First Baptist. Um, we left our children and then a grandchild um, and was happy there. But it's been an exciting time and something that we would never um, not have wanted to do. Uh, when God calls you and you're obedient and He blesses you, and we've seen that through from today. And I can remember Bitterith uh, and myself and, and Charlie and Laura Flight running up and down Bemis Road looking for, you know, a place to, place to, to uh, 
to locate. We already had this property, but you know, we only had two acres and that wasn't going to be enough. We knew it was going to be big one day. Let me also uh, give a little more background about how we started. Uh, there were two acres of land out here that was uh, given was bought actually by the Valosa Baptist Association and given to the to First Baptist and of course they made it available to us. There was also a little triangle of land that was adjoining us right by the interstate, I mean the four-lane highway that was given by uh, two men from the Lee Street Baptist Church because actually it, it was a triangle it tied on to our land and it really had no true value to them and they gave it to us. Well that was the beginning of, of us acquiring our land. Then later on we bought a couple of acres from the same man and we bought two more acres and then later on 15 acres. So that's, you, you can count that up and see what we have down. Uh, talk about the land out here. Just sort of thought I was on the first commission committee, and I remember we were talking about where some land might be. And the Baptist Association told us about some of this land out here, and a group of the uh, committee came out here. I remember coming, and, and it was on a kind of a cool day, and there was a if you know what a broom sage field is, it was a broom sage field, this guy, and so we walked out and looked around. I remember my first impression was, oh no, Lord, you don't want it out here. But, you know, he knew about it, as he always does, and uh, we, we prayed about it, and I remember holding hands in a circle and seeking his wisdom uh, on that particular thing. Uh, we found out who owned the land, and it was a, a lady who lived nearby, and she and her husband had farmed the land years before, and uh, uh, he had died some years before that. And so we got uh, a friend of ours to come out here who, who knew her, her name was Mabel Walker, and uh, she lived in the house, uh, and she had, had children, they were all grown, and when they approached her, this was sort of her words in sort of my language. She talked to them and told them what we wanted to do, was buy this piece of land from she, and she said, her, her response was, That's all right, John. <laughs> I do it too. <laughs> so I've been praying about this for years. God would send somebody to go to church. He, that really happened. God was working before we ever thought about it. But the best is yet to be. And we are depending now on younger people to carry the torch. So any younger people who happen to be watching this video, remember God's counting on you as he did on us. But the time is passed the torch is passing to you. Maybe, maybe some of you in the audience can, in 15 years from now, sit where we're sitting, Amen. or sit in a, in, and make a, a, another tape of what the last 15 years have meant to you, as much <clears> as the first 20 years have meant to us. I challenge you, get involved and be a part. We got a long way to go, folks. We have not even touched the end of garment yet. But it's got to be done by all of us, not just a few. Every one of you who happens to be watching this video and more that God sends away, we need you more than that. Most importantly, God needs you to be committed to the task that he's given to us. You'll never regret it. That is a powerful video uh, taken at a 20-year reunion, homecoming, uh, here at Perimeter Road. And, you know, I, I just want to take a few moments to, to go back over that video because you may have not been able to hear everything clearly. Uh, you may not know everyone who is in that video. Um, 
some of you who are, have been here for the past maybe a couple years, um, you maybe never met uh, Mr. John Wiggins or Mr. Frank Christian. Um, they were amazing men. You know, there's people in your life that um, you know when you meet them and you spend time with them. That something different about them. And these men love Jesus dearly. We didn't agree on everything. <laughs> um, methods and style of worship. I mean, I, I remember sitting down talking to those kind gentlemen in, in, in the direction in which we wanted to head and just hearing their hearts and but they were so affirming the things that we would do when we preached the word and so encouraging and they loved seeing youth in the church like that wasn't a bad thing to them like that was exciting for them and you you heard that in the video the challenge and mr irving green who was there sitting on the end spent many years here doing incredible incredible ministry those three men and Mr. Harry and Miss Betty Ruth were the five that were the, the founding members that remained in our 20-year homecoming. And that was a video that was about 30 minutes long and narrowed it down to about nine minutes. Um, but I wanted to show that this morning. I wanted you to hear from them, from their excitement to the freshness, the newness of being here at Perimeter Road from the very beginning you know, as a mission church, which meant that they were still under First Baptist Church, under their watchmanship. On July 20th, 1986, they called Craig Bailey as pastor. Uh, Craig and I can relate. Being called as pastor here at Perimeter Road, he was 30 years old. 30 years old, he came from Conyers, Georgia, moved his family down here, and just as, as, a, as a mission church, so he knew it was on the very front end. There was a lot of work to be done in this place. And their first service at WG9, October 12, 1986. 57 in Sunday school, 87 in the service. And I know that they were very concerned Would we even have more than 15 people that's on our leadership team to be here on that morning and just to have such a great turnout. But then they met in the evening times on this property, uh, just kind of on the corner, I believe. They, they had just a double-wide trailer. We didn't get to that part in the video um, but they would come in the evenings, and the first evening that they met, they had 87 come that evening. And Mr. Harry tells a great story in, in the video, in the extended version, where they would look out down Bemis Road, and they said this was when, uh, or Perimeter Road, this is when Perimeter's very new, uh, and you would look down Perimeter Road, and you would just see headlights coming in this direction. And as these headlights were coming, then they'd see that left-hand blinker turn on, and then they got really excited because those were the people who were pulling in to come to the service that evening. And just hearing that excitement, that freshness, that, oh, man, here comes somebody else in, and one more car. I watched that and thought, man, when is the last time that I maybe just stood in the parking lot, and as every car came in, I just had excitement because it was one more car, one more person, one more family coming to worship with us in the day. In the evening service, they had a, a tiny little uh, double wide we talked about, uh, but a tiny little room in there. It was an 8 by 10, and Miss Betty Ruth speaks of them watching the children in the, in the nursery. And, and those of you who watch our children in the nursery, you know that they can get kind of loud sometimes. And, and, and the walls were paper thin, and they had to whisper to the kids to kind of get them to be quiet because the message was going on just on the other side of that little wall. All that taking place in a, in a little double wide. To see what it is today is, is fantastic. You talked about the land with, with two acres as it began, but then Mr. Harry said but he knew PRBC was going to be big one day. There were going to be big things to come. And they had prayer meetings. That's something they mentioned, that they would spend time praying for the land and praying for the people and how that should not be forgotten, that as a church we should be a church that gathers together to pray to expect great things. Also, uh, just speaking of what it takes to leave First Baptist Church of Valdosta, you know, over 28 years ago, to leave a place that's, that's thriving, um, filled with people, filled with potential. Mr. Harry and Betty Ruth, they, they left their children and 
and grandchild, their first grandchild, I guess that'd be Catherine, um, at FBC to come work with the youth. And then as they got here, they, they had kind of the expectation that, you know, we're happy at First Baptist, we love being at First Baptist, we expect to return. So, so they came to serve, but then thinking that we may go back and, and be with family. But to leave their family, to come here, took a great sacrifice. And then Mr. Frank Christian, as he said, it was a challenge for him, for First Baptist Church was my home church, and he says it was still my home church, and it will always be my home church. He always related FBC as, as home, but he dearly loved Perimeter, and as he said, he had been there at First Baptist Church for 60 years. This is what I love. Today, when we talk about church planting, and, and the people who don't get church planting, maybe it's just the fault of pastors and leaders not to communicate it more, and the great need, because there are thousands more churches dying in the United States than there are being planted. And so if we have this mindset of why should we plant churches, because there's plenty of churches around, there are plenty of churches dying. In fact, there are more churches dying this week, this month, than there are being planted right now in our nation. And so, yeah, you may look at Valdosta and think, oh, we don't need another local church, but when you look at the landscape across our country, yes, we need more churches. And you think of church planters as being the hip guys who drink their Starbucks coffee and wear their thick frame glasses. And, you know, but Frank Christian and Mr. John Wiggins, 60 years old, saying, we'll be church planters. We'll go across the way. We'll go to a new area to reach young people. I love that. Seeing the heart and the, and the commitment to Christ first and foremost. But he was born and raised at First Baptist Church. He was baptized at First Baptist Church, served as a deacon. There is the only church he ever knew. Like that's all he knew about the local church was being at First Baptist. So to come do something unique and different and new was truly stepping out. And his intentions were to come out and help for about two years and then go back to First Baptist. But as you heard him say, 20 years later, he's still here. They would go out, Mr. Frank and, and Mr. John and, and other leaders, but they told the story on the extended version as well, on visitation. And they would go around the community and, and they would meet people and they would invite them and they were very clear that they didn't want to invite people who were already part of a local church. I think that's very important to understand. Now, their leadership team came from First Baptist Church. That's a very healthy model. When one local church can say, here are your leaders. We're sending you to go plant here. Now, go minister to the people who do not have a local church home. And they were very strategic in, in making sure that if somebody had a local church home, they didn't invite them to come. But if somebody didn't have a local church that they were a part of, they would invite them, and, and then they would come to the service and Mr. Frank would be on one side, and Mr. John would be on the other side, and when somebody that they invited walked in, Mr. Frank said he'd get so excited, and then he'd look over to Mr. John, and Mr. John had that, you know, that little grin that he'd always get, and he had that grin saying, yeah, they're here, they're here. And just the excitement that they had together of going out in this community and reaching people who were unchurched, that brought joy to them. Like, that was joy to them. That was excitement of being a part of the local church, reaching the lost, reaching people who were not a part of the fellowship of believers. That brought smiles to their faces. That brought the glances across the room. That was the joy in their heart to see people come and be a part. Mr. Frank said it was just so exciting to see something budding. He said it was awesome. Just from the very beginning... And Mr. John Wiggins, when he got choked up talking about Miss Walker and being given this land, as she said, I've been praying about this for years, that somebody would put a church here. And in, in all of his years of following Christ, that still just blew him away. That that really happens, that as you pray and you expect and call upon the Lord to do great things, he provides and he says, God was working before we ever thought about it. And this famous quote, which he says, we haven't touched the hem of his garment yet, but the best is yet to be. And I don't know if you caught that last part, but he was calling upon young people to carry the torch. 
said, young people, if you're watching this video, he meant that eight years ago, still meant for today. If you're watching this video, carry the torch. So if you consider yourself young in this building, carry the torch. Be very a part of what the local church is doing together for the gospel. And I love this too. For a man who was living in in his last years, Mr. John says that he always wants to be used as God sees fit. He's never finished. Some of you may feel like, hey, I'm, I'm finished. Like, I see a bunch of young people here, and so what's my part? You're not finished. None of us are finished. We continue serving all throughout our days. Every person in this room has value. You have value. You have a purpose. You have a calling. We're to the church. We have fellowship together. We come together as one. That's something that these men and this one lady communicated in this video. It's something that I want to continue to pass on to you today. And so as you see Purify the Church penetrate the culture, this is what's been adapted um, as we move forward as Perimeter Road Baptist Church, being in this area to still reach this community. And so I want to share a few things with you this morning. But before we get to that point, I think it's only appropriate that we recognize those who were here from the very beginning And I want to uh, call upon them at this time to just stand if they would. Um, But Miss Jackie Wiggins, would you please stand? Miss Carolyn Christian, would you please stand? Those two ladies are in the back here. Their husbands, Mr. Frank and Mr. John, were founding members. And these ladies stayed at First Baptist at the beginning and then came over Um, and saw a great work be done. I'm so glad that y'all are here today. We love you dearly. And the sacrifices that you made early on when your husbands came over here and and y'all continued to minister effectively over there at First Baptist and then to come here, um, there's some special things that you ladies have done, like teaching the ladies' class. And as you continue to remain faithful in that, um, Miss Jackie, I always remember you and Mr. John walking around meeting every single person that was in this room. And you knew every single person in the room. And uh, you knew all the new faces. And y'all would write them down on your little notepad. And if you didn't know them, you get to know them. And then you brought those names to us to make sure we got to know them. And I thank you so much, ladies. We love you dearly. We have a gift for you. Can we show our love for these two ladies at this time? Y'all, y'all may have a seat. Y'all are beautiful ladies, absolutely beautiful. We love you. You're so dear to us, and thank you so much for all of the investment that you've made in this local church. And to Mr. Harry and Miss Betty Ruth, where are you? I know y'all are kind of right in this area. There they are. There they are. Okay, I see you. See, y'all like to move around a little bit because they're getting to know people all the time. And y'all, y'all are so fantastic. Um... You know, you both came over together. Um, you left what was familiar to you. Um, you left your family, and you stepped out for the Welch family. Um, and you, you displayed a great model to saying that the church needs to continue to grow. Um, there's many more people to reach. And I love your stories. Uh, maybe we can put the extended version of the video out on YouTube, and others can go and watch it or another way for them to hear that. But Y'all share so many great things in that video, just the excitement that you had for this place and the longevity that says so much about the ministry that you have here, how you continue to minister here. And I just want to say thank you. Your family ended up all following you here, uh, so they all came and your grandchildren, and so it's just a beautiful thing. Um, But you've made a huge impact, and I tell this story a lot, and I'm going to tell it again, Um, but when I first visited Perimeter Road, um, I was just a, a college student and uh, wasn't too long um, that Valentine's Day rolled around 
and I was looking in my cabinets, and all I had was mashed potatoes to eat because I just didn't budget wisely that month. Um, don't, don't worry, my parents took good care of me. I was spoiled. But, um, but just for that month, and, um, but you guys, you came by, and you brought me a Valentine's Day cookie, chocolate chip, heart shake, and I ate that whole thing for dinner. It was awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, just that small little touch made a huge impact in my life. And, uh, but you've made that impact in, in so many people's lives. And I want to let you know that you still play a huge role in what we do. We love you guys so dearly. And so in the same way, can we show our appreciation for this wonderful couple? y'all so much and you know it would be cool to make a video in a few years and to look back and you know sometimes you ask hey where where are we headed as a local church where we are headed in a direction that I think is a very good direction of uh, as we strive to penetrate the culture um, out among these from these walls but also as a church to be pure in, in, in Christ and so I just want to break that down for you briefly Um, to purify. We're looking at God-honoring fellowship. This God-honoring fellowship takes place when you join a community group. So if you're here today and you want to say, what what do you stress is is a major importance? The the discipleship, the fellowship, coming together, something that's God-honoring, that when we come, we have joy in our hearts. There, There are many things that we can find and critique, and some of them very worthy of critique. Nothing wrong with critique, but sometimes we allow our hearts to grow cold or, or bitter. And when we come to the local church, we don't have joy. I mean, there's so many little things that bother us that we don't see the grand story of what God is doing and how Christ is working through the church. But when we have this right focus and we come together, there should be a fellowship that honors God. And one of the ways that we do this, when you gather together into a community group, you get to know people. There's not a single community group that we have that's perfect or made up of perfect people. So I haven't found one yet. I don't, I don't think we're ever going to find one like that, no. But they're made up of, of people who, who love Jesus, who want to grow in Christ. Teachers who love Jesus want to grow in Christ. And so you may not be a part of a community group right now. And I, and I probably am right on this, that if you're not a part of a community group, then you feel like maybe you're on the outside looking in at everything going on. And you're saying, if I could just be connected, if I could just get to know some more people, join a community group. Be a part of that community group. Some of you serve on Sunday mornings. We try to connect you to a group so that when they have events, you can join together with them. But that's something that's, that's very valuable to us. As they talked about Sunday school, you know, having 57 on their first day that they met. It's a still a Sunday school model, what we do on Sunday mornings and on Sunday night, more of a community group model. And so we just say, hey, community group, that's what we're about, joining together. Whatever you want to name it, cool, I'm all right with that. I just want you to be a part of it. And so we hope that you'll join us in a community group. If you're not a part of one, today would be a great day to find us. We're wearing these shirts today, staff, and just say, hey, I need to get connected. You can take your bulletin out. And for our guests today, you can fill out that information. We'd love for you to drop it in the offering plate just to let us know you're here with us. You're saying, hey, I need to be a part of a community group. Why don't you just put that down, and we would love to connect you today. But then also Christ-centered preaching and discipleship. When we preach God's Word, when we stand up here, when Will comes up here, when Joby comes up here, when I'm up here, or anybody we ask to come preach the Word. When Joe came up here earlier this year to preach, um, we're preaching from God's Word. We're, we're taking a text and we're saying, okay, what does God's Word say? Not what we think it says, but what does God's Word say? And we like to go through books. We like to travel through books to teach why the letter was written, who the letter was intended for, how it continues to impact our lives. We preach from the Word, and we make no apologies for that. We're not going to make apologies for preaching the Gospel. And guess what? As we continue to preach the Gospel, things are going to become more heated. Things are shifting, if you haven't noticed. And they're becoming... um, uh, shifting more against the church in what we preach. And I, and I can tell you, as long as I'm here to preach God's Word, I will not back down from preaching the truth. And anyone who stands up here is, is told to not back down from preaching 
the truth. We make no apologies if somebody is offended by the gospel because the gospel is just plain offensive. It offended me. It, and it, it showed every flaw. It brought out the sin in my life. I was exposed. And, and the only way I could not be offended, the only way I, that I could be healed is to look to Christ. And through that, God did an amazing work of transformation in my heart as I called upon Him. And that's what we do, week in and week out. We're faithful to teach the Scriptures. You know, every now and then we try to package them to where maybe you remember a certain part of the book, but just hear me clearly, we're not picking out cool message sermon topics. So you'll go, oh, that's neat. You know, I, I like that. that. That sounds pretty trendy. We're not about being trendy when it comes to the gospel. No, we're about remaining faithful to the Scripture. And so as we preach and as you community group leaders, you study, I challenge you to continue to preach the gospel message. Some of you say, what evangelism training do you have? Church, hear this. This is our evangelism training. You ready? Community groups. That's our evangelism training. I'm convinced that if you spend 13 weeks going over these series that we do, and for our teachers, you struggle week in and week out, with some lessons that may be easy to teach and others more of a challenge because somebody's writing that lesson, I challenge you to study, make it your own, and go and, and, and teach it. And when you hear about God's kingdom and how it began and, and then how we saw sin enter in, and, and you notice every, every 13 weeks we go back to the garden, but then we continue to move forward. But if you're faithful to being a part of a community group, you will learn how to share the gospel. That's why it's important for you to prepare, to come ready, to answer questions. How many of you are afraid to answer a question in Sunday school or community group? Raise your hand. How many of you aren't being honest right now? <laughs> come on, there's something strange that happens in those rooms when you put out a question and there's silence. Now, that, there's a couple of classes that does not happen. I've learned that, okay? You, you have plenty to share. That's good. Um, but sometimes you're afraid to speak up. We're afraid to speak up. Look, come ready to learn. Take what you learn and then go and share it. That is the evangelism training. It is ongoing. That is for you to know. You know, a couple of weeks ago, um, we were talking about this and, and we were saying, hey, the lesson's kind of confusing. We don't, you know, we're having a hard time communicating this. And the lesson was on what God's kingdom was like in the garden before the fall. Okay. And here's what I asked my community group on a Sunday night. I said, can you describe life in the garden before the fall? And I have some bright people in our class. I mean, man, they're, they're, they're grounded in the word. And I got one word answers. Perfect, peaceful, sinless. And those were, you're, they're right, but we couldn't put together a sentence of what life looked like before the fall. But the next week when we got to the fall, man, people started putting together sentences and, and being able to explain it. Do you know why? Because we live in that world. We're not used to the world that was before the fall. You know why that's so important? Because God is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. That's what we look forward to. So if you don't know how to think beyond this mess that we live in right now, you're going to want to cling with with. with as tight as you can to this earth and thinking that this is all there is. No, there is so much more, church. So much more that's going to be new. Your bodies, which fail you and me, will fail us no more. But it's not really about us. It's about having a body that can be in the presence of the Lord and worship Him for all of eternity. That's good news. Are you excited about that? Are you excited? I'll just follow it up with this question as we're talking about the gospel and what we're learning. If heaven could be everything you want it to be and God's not there, would you still want to go? If it could be everything you want it to be and God's not there, would you still want to go? Because it's interesting that we'll be quick to say no, but the majority of the times when we speak about heaven is as if God's not even there. You see, when we come together and we study the gospel project, there is a purpose of, of, of studying this doctrine and, and where we are headed, where we come from, why we're here, why we exist, and where we're going. And we must communicate that to the people who are all around us who are floundering in sin. 
So it's up to us. And so that's why we have Christ-centered preaching and discipleship. Come join us. Come take notes. Come and invest. And then spirit-filled worship, which is not just what you saw up here, but yes, even when we sing together, let me tell you what I think is beautiful. It's hearing the, the congregation singing. And it's a beautiful sound, but really I think it's measured by our hearts and is it spirit-filled in what we're doing together as the church, our worship, our daily activities as the church, what you do and what I do behind closed doors and out in the public. It is so important that we are spirit-filled so we will not gratify the desires of our sinful nature. Do you know this, church, that you will fail, that you will crawl back into the bed of sin and nuzzle right up to it time and time and time and time again if you do not live by the Spirit? Maybe that's where you are right now. We don't want to crawl back into that bed of death. No, we've been raised to life. And may we live by the Spirit. So when we come together, may there be life among us. Maybe there's not life in you right now because there's some sin that is weighing you down. The best way for that sin to be taken off is to confess that sin before the Lord. To confess that sin before others so that you may be healed. May we not be so concerned anymore about what people think of our sin, but may we be more concerned about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? So not a lot of amens on that one, but it's important. And then this, to penetrate the culture by radiating the light of Jesus Christ into the world in which we live. Matthew five fourteen through 16, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We are to be a light. Now, we could, we could spend a great amount of time on this, but just in, in, in a few words here, may we be a light here on Perimeter Road in this community. May we be a light, and may we not hide ourselves under a bowl of shame or busyness or inconvenience, whatever it may be, but no, may we let our light so shine in the world of darkness, that they may see Christ. How will they know unless they hear? We are the preachers of the gospel. We who have been set apart by grace, adopted as God's dearly loved children, ones who did not deserve life, but have been freely given it, we are to go forth and proclaim the gospel. So how will we see that carried out as we move forward? Here's one thing. We heard in the video how excited they were, you know, in the first year. And when they stood there and they watched the cars coming on Perimeter Road. So, for the next year, if you remember at Perimeter Road Baptist Church, will you say I? Okay. You remember here at Perimeter Road Baptist Church, how about we go into year 29 as if it's the first year? Let's just view it as the first year. With great excitement, with great freshness, everybody who comes through those doors, we're excited to see them. Oh, not another person's here. That's cool. Well, that's cool. Just join us. Yeah. No, we're excited about every person who comes through the doors. There's an investment made. You find an area of ministry that you can plug into. Did you hear when they were talking? They were all plugged in when they came to Perimeter Road. When they planted this church, you didn't have people come plant this church and go, hey, I will be there. I will leave First Baptist, and I will come, and my position is going to be to sit on a pew. That's what I'm going to do. So just tell me where to sign up. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. No, they all had an area to serve when they came. It was very intentional. So let's take it as if it's year one, church. Year one in this local church, with the excitement and the enthusiasm as we go forth to reach the lost, to reach the lost. Some of you who come from other local churches, and, and that's going to happen. And, and we're glad that you're part of our local church. Some of you today are visiting from another local church. And because you're doing that, that doesn't mean that you're wrong for that. 
but I'll tell you the motives in our hearts. We, we want you to enjoy it here. We'd love for you to plug in here. If things are either where you're coming from, if it's locally, if it's not working out there and God's called you here, then let's work through that together. But maybe you're coming from out of town and you want to plug in here. Understand, we want to grow by seeing those who are dead in Christ be made alive in Christ. That's how we grow. That's hard work. That's inconvenient work. That requires sacrifice among all of us. And so, us activists, if you're one again, and we started this year by reaching the 12. Can I just ask by a bold shoulder of hands today, how many of you could raise your hand today, not in pride, okay, I understand where this could lead, but you could just raise your hand and say, this year already, I've shared Jesus with 12 people. I've told 12 people about Jesus this year. Just a show of hands this year already? Okay. Okay. See, it's hard work. It's hard work. And church, I'm not at this time going to blast you because we've taken the 12 and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to get after it. No, because it doesn't work that way. If I try to guilt you into sharing 12, that, that, that's not the motive. We're talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. There ought to be a great joy in our hearts that's an overflow of us going and speaking the name of Jesus to people. And it can become very easy in your life the more you do it. But I know there are some of us who are very terrified of sharing Jesus. I understand that. And look, it may have just made you very uncomfortable that I asked a show of hands. I don't apologize for that because I want it to be a reminder, church, that this is what we're here for. This is why we're here to share the gospel. Whether you're shy or a big extrovert, all of us can share how Jesus has changed our lives. All of us. So just meditate on that, sit on that, think about that, dwell on that. Will you reach the 12? Will we continue to grow by reaching the lost? Oh, we can go in seasons. We can get excited. But think about the people you play ball with. Think about the people you work with. Think about the people you shop around. Think about all these people that you know. Do they know Jesus? You're the one to find out. I'm the one to find out. And so sometimes we can get a little stretched when it comes to reaching the lost because there's so many lost people who don't know Jesus. And remember, we're not better than them. No, it's just that we have life and they have yet to begin living. We want to share that life of Jesus with them. But I've challenged the staff and in this past week and actually a couple of staff members have already started doing this. We are uh, going to take this one mile radius that surrounds Perimeter Road Baptist Church, a one mile radius, and we want to reach the people in this one mile radius. We want to look like our community. We want to look like our neighborhoods. One mile radius for all those who are around us. You know, there are people in these neighborhoods back here. If you were to drive through these neighborhoods, you'll, you'll see houses and people you never knew existed. And they're right here. I said something pretty bold on a Wednesday night. Um, we got excited about maybe a, a mission trip in Jackson Hole. And, and the purpose of going to Jackson Hole, Wyoming was to go share the gospel. Okay? And I made this statement. I said, we're not going to go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, as a local church to do a community day to go share the gospel if we do not share the gospel in this one-mile radius. Right? You get it? You get that, church? Is that fair? Just speak back to me. Is that fair? That's fair. That's fair, church. One-mile radius right here. What if we say, no, 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 no. I want to go all the way across the nation to share Jesus, but when it comes here, mum's the word. Man, I can't think of a bigger hypocritical action that the local church can commit. We don't want to be that way. We want to reach the people in this one-mile radius. There's over a 1,000 houses, 1,000 homes in this one-mile radius all around us. A bunch of neighborhoods here, a bunch of neighborhoods over here, a bunch of neighborhoods back over this way. And so when it comes to the fall festival, I know as, as staff and, and others, we're going to ask people to go, and we're going to put door hangers on doors, inviting people to come to fall festival. We're not going to knock on the door and say, hey, we want to, we're just going to put a door hanger there. Hey, come to fall festival. That's going to be the first start. And then as people come to the fall festival, that's where I was talking about fall festival, I want you all to be here. 
okay? Whether you like fall festivals or not, you should. All right, you all come, and we'll be apart together, and then everybody who comes, let's just get to know them. Let's get to know them. Let's just invite them to come back. Let's reach people. Let's get excited about being the local church, working together and reaching the people in this one mile radius so that as we strive to do this, our goal is that everybody within the one mile radius around us hears the name of Jesus. It can be done. It will not be easy. It will not be convenient. It will not be fun at times. It will be hard work. Sometimes it will be fun. Sometimes it will be a blast. Sometimes we'll be like, why don't we do this every day? You don't go by emotions when you share the gospel. You stand on God's truth. If you live by emotion, you will remain silent. If you stand on his truth, you will be a faithful witness for his glory. And church, that's what we want to be about. So the one mile radius around us, and then focusing again once on prayer. I've learned in this local church, as many local churches, that many of us are afraid to pray. Many of us don't know how to pray. And so can I just say this with the greatest love in my heart for you as I go way past the time I said I would go today? Listen, if you're afraid to pray, how about you give Wednesday night a try? And you say, that's not where I want to be if I'm afraid to pray. I don't want to pray in front of people. Just come. Let us teach you how to pray. Let us, let us work with you. Let us walk through God's Word to teach you how to pray. If you've heard me talk to you, maybe one-on-one about prayer, hoping that maybe you get it, that it's important for us on Wednesday nights, come join us. Come pray, church. May we be a praying church. We're talking about all these things, but I firmly believe this. If we're not committed to getting together and praying about this, what are we going to see? What do we expect to see? Yes, you can pray individually, so can I, but there's power in the church coming together to pray. May we be faithful in doing this. Wednesday nights at 6.30. We'd love to see you here. So as I share this last thing, Understand that everything I share with you today is in love and excitement of where we're headed as a local church. But our church growth is this. We would like to pay off this building. We have about $250,000 remaining uh, to pay off. So college kids, if you want to pay that off today, that would be great. Okay? And uh, so just kidding. Just teasing, guys. Just teasing. All right. All right. Um, but listen, we've, we've paid off about 150000 of it in the last two years been very proactive in giving, and uh, it's not just pay this off so we can do real ministry. No, we're, we're participating in, in the gospel now, but once we pay this off, then there will be some renovations that we make on this property because we want to keep up with it. We, we want the home to look nice, not extravagant, just nice, okay? And we're, we're not in the plans of, of building another huge education building right now or anything like that. Not that that's wrong, but our goal Our vision for growth is church planting. We want to plant churches. We want to plant churches. If there's a church maybe that's dying in Valdosta, maybe God would lead us to come into that local church and see it revived. That's a possibility. But we want to plant churches. Now, you may have just squirmed in your seat going, what does that mean for me? I just ask all of you, all of you, every single person, every member of Perimeter Road Baptist Church to be in prayer, how would God use you in church planting? Because this place started by a group gathering together saying, we'll go across town and we'll start something new. And I love it. The two of the men were 60 years old saying, we're church planters. We don't have Starbucks coffee, but we're church planters. That we would be willing to go, which means we investigate, we pray, and then we send out. And we want to send out because our world is a mess because of sin. Our world is a mess. And the only way that changes is through the gospel. I can tell you, that's the only way it changes. No matter how we vote, whatever happens, the gospel brings people from death to life. That's how you see a community transformed. And so will you be praying God, how will you use me in church planting in the future? As people come in, we communicate that. But you know what? If we stay this size right here, for for here on out, we're we're at a perfect size right now to plant churches. Do you know that? Like, we don't have to have 600 people or 800 people or 1,000 people to plant churches. This is good. This is good fellowship that we can send people out. 
We love you. We want to send you out so that you can penetrate a culture. May we all be faithful in praying on this. This is something that we would love to see within the next four or five years, that we could send out a group of people and impact a community. Maybe close by. Could be another state. We're not limiting it. Neither should you nor I. Church, we're about purifying the church, penetrating the culture. I am so excited to be pastor here at Perimeter Road. Absolutely love you. I love seeing what's going on here. Are we a perfect place? Oh, no. No. We'll tell all the perfect people, you don't want to be here. (laughs) We're not perfect, no. Nobody's perfect, but what we are doing is striving to live out the gospel. We're learning. We're equipped. And this is a place for all ages, for all people groups to come and to worship that we may be effective in going, penetrating the culture in which we live. Amen? So today, if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, um, you've heard about some vision casting and things, and the reason we have this vision is because of Jesus. We'd love to talk to you about Jesus. We're going to close in song in just a few moments here and, and have our offering um, and I'll be standing in the back as will other pastors. You just come talk to us. We'd love to talk to you about life in Christ. That's where it begins. Um, if you're here today and, and you're interested in, in joining the church, um, we've started our Wednesday night membership classes on, on, on at 630. Here, um, so we, we'd love for you to come. Perimeter Basics starts at 630 this Wednesday night. Uh, you come join us, and uh, what happens is if you miss a week, you can just catch it up in November. And uh, that is required in order for you to join Perimeter Road. You'll hear many similar things that you heard now. But we believe it's very important that all go through this membership class to hear up front what we're about. You can um, come let us know about that, or you can call front office and make a reservation for that. Uh, But at this time, church, may we just be grateful. May we just go into a time of of singing and and praying um, as we prepare uh, to go and, and fellowship with one another. I just ask that our praise team come on up at this time. And uh, let's go into a time of prayer. Father, thank you for this morning. And Lord, thank you for the video we were able to see. And God, I thank you just for the words that I could share today. Lord, there's there's so much to to share, uh, Father, but the focus being on glorifying your name. Lord, us being a people not about works, not about attending so that we feel better about ourselves, or, or Lord, reading our Bible so that you would just be pleased with us. But no, we read because you instruct us. God, we draw close to you. Lord, we, we worship together because we have you in common. Lord, may there just be a great transformation in our hearts that draws us closer to you. I ask that you work during this time, and, and Lord, as we prepare to fellowship together as well. God, just work in hearts right now that we would not be distracted. Father, may we be focused on what you're calling us to do, what you're doing in our hearts, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.